Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rams coach Jay Norvell on his radio show on Learfield IMG said he and his team are tired of all the noise surrounding the Buffaloes and coach Deion Sanders. Norvell also took a direct shot at Sanders, said when he sat down with ESPN this week, he took his hat and glasses off, which is what he does when he talks to grown-ups. Sanders does wear a hat and sunglasses in most interviews. Colorado State, a 23-point underdog per Caesars. All right, we roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You want to know why Christine Lisi is the best in the world at what she does at delivering sports center updates? She just did that coach against Deion Sanders story with a completely straight face. She read it as it absolutely gave you the facts, the information, and did not make any sort of snap about it. She didn't smile. She didn't tell you how ridiculous it sounded. She didn't make a snide comment. Nothing. She just gave you the facts. My mother taught me to take off my hat and sunglasses when I talk to adults. And you know what? Dion doesn't take his hat and sunglasses off most of the time. In other news, that was phenomenal. And I mean this sincerely. Well done. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. 30 years I'm in the business. I'm a trained journalist. I consider myself one. I couldn't read that story the way she just did without having to, something inside of me saying, what kind of an idiot says this? Like, what, what are you doing? Why, why on earth are you saying that? It just doesn't make any sense. So earlier, earlier this, uh, you said that you think this was calculated. Of course. I don't know I don't that. think this just jumped into his head in that moment. We do this all the time. I'm going to push back on this. We do this all the time. We what? assume these coaches, these players, when they come to the podium, these guys are playing four-dimensional chess, and they've thought about everything they're saying. That's not true. He's at some function with a bunch of people that are just clapping at every random thing he said. He started to feel himself, and he blurted it out. He, he regretted that the moment after he said it. You I am think? sure of a hundred percent. That's way worse. Oh, yeah. That's way worse. way worse. If he didn't do that with a purpose, if he didn't have a, or to be clear, I mean, let's just let you hear it. Here we are talking about it. She, well, she just summarized it perfectly. I don't have to play it. He literally just threw that in there. Now, if you're telling me that that just jumped into his head and he decided to say it, that's way worse. If he regrets saying it, that's not a fireable offense, but it is definitely a questionable offense because that's a dumb thing to say. If he had a reason, whether, he, whether he's right or wrong, at least he had a reason for doing it. Whether it actually does help his team, he clearly, I have to believe, he thinks it will. You think, going into that interview, he said to himself, I'm going to make the mom sunglasses hat comment here? <laughs> yes. You really do? I do. I don't. I totally disagree. Yes. I totally disagree, Which, and I agree with you. It is way worse. But that clip is going to be played on loop in the Colorado locker room. It's going to be played on college game day in front of thousands of people there to see Deion Sanders. It doesn't serve any purpose at all. But you know how these things go when these guys get in front of all these, these booster types and they just start getting a little bit loose. That's what I think happened. No. Here. Well, I mean, again, if so, that's terrible. That's ridiculous. That is a professional. When you're a football coach, especially a college football coach, hosting your radio show is a part of your job. And you should be you should be treating it that way. You're using it for recruiting. You're using it for motivation. You're using it for whatever reason you want. You should not be using it to just blurt out something that's going to make you sound like a complete doofus. It really does. I really had to clean that one up. You sure did. In front of the entire world. So, like, you always say that Nick Saban, like, messages in the media very intentionally. Hell yes. Right? This is not that. 
Can you imagine Nick Saban saying that? Well, no, because that isn't Nick Saban. You have to be true to yourself. But this is how he, I I don't know anything about Jay Norvell, but I'm guessing this is kind of how he wants to be perceived and wants his players to be received. That's disrespectful. They don't behave right. Whatever it is he's trying to say. Nick wouldn't say that, but Nick definitely says things that are calculated. Nick is the one who got up there and talked about rat poison at a press conference. This is what I mean. You think that just jumped into his head? No. That's what I mean? That's what separates Nick Saban and Jay Norvell and his mom. That's, <laughs> that's the difference between the two. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's one thing to go up there and say things like, it's us against the world, nobody believes in our team, and recite all the lines that coaches have said since the beginning of time. It's another thing to take a shot at Deion Sanders' appearance. For, yeah, for wearing a hat and sunglasses. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, Cam, you're the youngest member of the group. Did your mom tell you anything you're supposed to do that you have taken with you into your life today? My mom was v- still very much with us, and I spoke to her yesterday and all that. I hope she's feeling better because she had COVID. Mom, I love you. But, but, but the question is, was there any advice your mother gave you that you have carried with you today that you would feel inclined to blurt out in a public event because you think it would somehow be beneficial. My mother's a wonderful woman. I've learned a lot from her. I don't think I would be someone who was on my radio show saying, my mother taught me to do this, so you should be doing that. My mother taught me to chew with my mouth closed, and I can't believe Deion Sanders does it. Right. That's exactly, that's basically what that was. It's ludicrous. Can you just play that little piece again? Well, I don't have just that little piece. Oh. I mean, I have, I have uh, this a whole long piece. Okay, fair enough. Uh, b- fair b- enough. Uh, Bubba, give me just a little piece. Yep, Let me know when on. it's ready, and it's, we'll play it's, just it's a little the piece. the applause. Like, the, that's what makes me think like he's starting to feel himself and like swell up a little bit. And then he just delivers the ridiculous line like it's like a trump card. And then everyone freaks out. It's so lame. Yeah. It's, it's like a political rally. If it's it is brutal. that, then that's really bad. Oh, my mother, I'll give you my mother's story. So my mother, Mike and Mike comes on the radio in New York in, in uh, 2001. And about a year later, and it, it, we, we came on and, and 9-11 happened like a week later. And so we most certainly, no one paid attention to a new radio show in town, you know, for a while, anywhere, but particularly in New York, obviously. So sometime maybe a year or so later, the media columnist, uh, the sort of media critic in the New York Post whose name is Phil Mushnick, wrote something nasty about us. I don't remember what it was, but he wrote something nasty about us. And my mother called me and said, Michael, I am going to write Phil Mushnick such a letter that you will not believe. And I had to talk my mother out of writing a letter to Phil Mushnick to defend me. Okay, that's sort of, I think, the way, generally speaking, adults behave the advice their mother gave them, as opposed to saying what the coach said, which in a shorter version of it, where'd you put it up here? You have it? All right. Uh, Oh, it's the same one. It's just shorter now. Here we go. Saying this. I told him I took my hat off and I took my glasses off and I said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked. (laughs) So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, coach. Four more years. Let's go. My mother also told me to wear clean underwear in case you get hit by a car, and then you wind up in an ambulance. They won't think you're wearing dirty underwear. Come on. How depraved are you if you're at that news conference, and then you're like, applauding that. Yeah, I do feel like that is pretty pretty standard things your parents probably did teach you. Take your hat off and take your glasses off. When you're when you're talking to people, so So here's what we should do. I'm actually on Coach Norvell's side at this point. Get the hell out of here. 
You are not on anybody's side. You're just making that up for the bit. No, I you you, you weren't taught to take your glasses off when you're inside and take your and to, when you're talking to people. I you, candidly, I, I don't think that ever came up with my mother. I'm not sure my mom and, and I've ever had not that conversation. Insulting Dion Sanders. That's exactly right, and it, and and I most certainly would not bring it up in this context. You take your hat off when you go inside. I, I always, you, you know, when you go, I would always wear a hat going to school when I was younger. They'd always make you take your hat off. And how old were inside. you then? I don't know. As a kid, uh, that's my point. This man is an adult. He's coaching a football team against Deion Sanders, who has become like the biggest star. In the- See, this is why, again, I'm arguing against myself. I think this was calculated. No he way. wanted to take a shot. Well, I at agree. Deion. I think it was I definitely do. calculated. I'm I do. I, I, I think 100%. it was. I'm going to give him the benefit of that doubt. Okay, so even so, it's a ridiculous thing to say. Totally agree. Ludicrous. That I co sign. There is. It makes me, honestly, a little bit uncomfortable, too. It's just, it's just clearly the wrong thing to say in that moment. And then the affirmation from the eight Colorado State team. Well, it does make you wonder, like, what could he say that they wouldn't clap for? (laughs) Like, what point could he try to make that those people wouldn't be like, yeah, coach, that's right. He'd be like, no, listen, I I don't care what anybody says, but like the the moon is definitely made of green cheese. And I know (laughs) that people have been arguing. That's right, coach. I know it. I I tell you, you know, no, look, so whatever. I mean. If you're asking me the impact it has on me, this is a game that I otherwise really didn't care about at all. Uh, obviously, the Dion factor has made it a very big deal, but I, rooting interest is a relative term. Now I hope Colorado wins by five touchdowns. And here's what I think Colorado players should do. Yeah. When, when they're up 77-3 to three in the fourth quarter, I want 100, all put on hat and 100 people on the sidelines wearing hats and sunglasses. No, all the fans. This is at Colorado, right? Yeah, Isn't should, it in Boulder? Should, yeah. All the fans in the stands are going to put on a hat and sunglasses. Oh, they definitely <laughs> better. That's funny. Oh, that's a lock. I mean, they probably were doing that anyway because they're all imitating Motherless Dion. fans. Yeah, that's a <laughs> That's a, everything about that is so ridiculous, and, and, and you're right. makes you a little uncomfortable. There's almost nothing about it I like. Okay, let me get now to some serious journalism. Are you ready? I'm about to do serious journalism on this program. I do not believe Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating. I have gotten to the bottom of this very important story. I have turned to the one source for Taylor Swift knowledge who knows all. And that is my daughter, Nikki. Mm. So my daughter, Nikki, is a Swifty. When you look up Swifty in the dictionary, there should be a picture of my 22, soon-to-be 23-year-old daughter, Nikki. Let's make it clear. Whenever anyone turns 22, which she did recently and all her friends have done over the course of the last year, because, you know, they're all about the same age, when her boyfriend turned 22, that was a very big deal. Why? Because Taylor Swift has a, uh, Taylor Swift has a song called 22. That is a very big deal. When she sang that at one of the four concerts that Nikki went to see traveling around the country over the last few months to watch Taylor Swift in the Eras tour, they all were screaming that they were 22. That's who she is. And so I texted her when I see all this news is Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. I just wrote Nikki a text and I can now confirm this following information. I wrote, is Taylor dating Travis Kelsey? And she wrote, honestly, probably not, but I'd love to see her with an athlete. Wow. Yes. That, well, this is important to her. Taylor's love life is extremely Important. Can we get Shefty to her fans? Bubba, can we get Shefty on this? No, no. I've already scooped Shefty. We got the Shefty. I have scooped. Nikki Taylor is Swift, the Shefty yeah. of Taylor Swift. So he's going to find out through her. So, so here's the here's the like. Is this the transitive postulate? Yeah. As mm-hmm. Shefty is to Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. Nikki is to Taylor Swift. Okay. Now, the only thing that would be great is if they went out. You know, there'd be a breakup, 
and it would be a great song. Like, that's a song you want to hear. You got the Jake Gyllenhaal songs, and you got the Joe Jonas songs. The John Mayer songs. You got the John Mayer songs. Look, she has had a lot of boyfriends, and uh, whoever the English guy was that she was dating for a long time that she broke Joe, up with I recently. His name, Joe. his name was Joe. I don't know, but she had that one song, the English, whatever it was called. London um, Boy. London the Boy. London Boy. Why do you know this? You don't even know who you don't know who the Beatles are, but you know the name of that song. His daughters are big. My wife you don't is, have a daughter. Your daughter is a year old. <laughs> My wife is a, also a card carrying Swifty. And oh, as you know, I was Lizzie home, is. And I was home for the last four, uh, four months, as has been well established. And we listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. Can we briefly talk about her now that we've managed to waste all of this time? Can I ask you a question about Please. her? Yesterday, Hembo told us that his wife had prepared what was the dish? Penny vodka. Penny Vodka, which once again is not a drink special tonight where we're going to be pouring vodkas for one cent, but it's actually Penne Vodka. That noodle is called Penne. It is not called Penny in any, in any dialect, in any country, in any civilized place in the world. But you significantly criticized her cooking. Significantly. I want to know what price has been paid because it's coming. I have, I have bad news for you. You may think that if you kind of skidded past that, if like you went home last night and this never came up, that you kind of got out of it, that, you, that, you, that you're going to slide on that. I'm telling you, the longer she holds on to it, the worse it's mm-hmm. going to be. When you make a mistake of that magnitude in your marriage, what you want is you want the immediate reaction you don't want her to have. You don't want her to be like Bill Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick having six months to prepare for this Philadelphia Eagles offense. You want that on a short week. Mm. You want to face Lizzie off the Penny Vodka comments on a Thursday night game. No time to start game planning. She is going to obliterate you if this did not come up last night. It, it came up last night. What did she say? She wasn't. She wasn't too off put by it. But the reason I am a little concerned. When you say off put, did you mean put off? Yes. Okay. I don't know why it mixed those two words Me up. neither. But either way, today's our anniversary. And today, oh, that makes uh, it worse. Yes. Yeah, today's our four yes. years. Today's your anniversary. How many years? Four years. Four years. And when I asked her uh, yesterday what she and we would like to do today, she just said nothing. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, this is going to be really bad. And it begins. Oh, my God. She just wants to do nothing on the anniversary. So, so what, how did you interpret that? Statement that maybe we would hang out on the weekend. Mm. Okay, here's what's about to happen. First, I'm going to tell you that it's time to say goodnight to your check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service, which will help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Next, I'm going to tell you what every married man but you somehow knows about what is really behind those comments and what you absolutely must do now. And then after that, we'll go to Chicago and get to the bottom of the Justin Fields thing. All that and more on the way. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get to the bottom of all of Hembo's just candidly idiocy. And then we're going to go to Chicago with our buddy Sylvie, Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000, to get to the bottom of Justin Fields. So we're going to do some sports and some not-so-sports as we go along here, provided by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call click Granger.com or just stop by. I'm going to bring Sylvie in in a minute here. So, Hembo, your wedding anniversary is today. Today is your fourth wedding anniversary. Did you uh, get some kind of gift for your wife, Lizzie? I, I did flowers and a card. That's what I've done. Okay. Well, in this case, you may actually have this right. Hmm. So, I just looked up the anniversary gifts. Your one-year anniversary is paper. Your second-year anniversary is cotton. Your third-year anniversary is leather. And your fourth anniversary is fruit or flowers. So by getting flowers, you may have actually gotten this right. I didn't even look into that. But I think on this day, you probably would have been well served to bring home flowers anyway. Because le- yesterday on this show, so not only to her face, but speaking to the entire world or anyone who wanted to listen, you criticized your wife's cooking. You said that her penny vodka, what was the term you used? One cent. No, no, but you said it was what? It was, it was bitter? It was bitter. Oh, yeah, very bitter. It was bitter. It tasted like one cent. It was bitter. So, <laughs> as I tried to explain to you yesterday, if your wife makes a shoe, puts a shoe in an oven, and then brings it out, puts a little ketchup on it, and says, here, how's this? You take a bite of it. You tell her it's delicious. You ask for more. If you can dispose of it some other way without her knowledge, fine. But otherwise, you eat the whole damn thing. And you go on, because otherwise going on is not nearly as good an option. So what I'm telling you is, 
when your wife says, oh, I don't want to do anything for the anniversary, what she's actually telling you is she wants to do something for the anniversary, but she wants you to pick it and romantically surprise her with what it is. So I promise you, if you come home today and say, I'm home, and she says, happy anniversary, and you say, happy anniversary, what would you like to watch on TV today? She's going to say, oh, okay. But if what you do is come home and say, I know you said you didn't want to do anything, but it is such a special day for us that it just didn't seem right to me, so I made reservations here, or we're going to go do this, or I brought you this. That is the way you begin to undo the damage that you did with your cooking comments last night. So that's an outcome I could live with. But the reason I don't think that she's using reverse psychology here is because after these penny vodka comments, my concern is that she actually just doesn't want to hang out with me on our anniversary. So this could be a case in which she's merely telling the truth. In your unique situation, that may be right. Because knowing you as I do, I can tell you that hanging out with you is largely way worse than not hanging out with you. (laughs) You're one of those people that I enjoy much more in your absence, which is to say when you and I collaborated on our book, you would send me emails with all this incredible information. You are the best researcher in the industry, and it's not even close. And I thought, boy, Hembo is terrific. And then we went out and did some book events and did some signings and did Good Morning America. And we find ourselves spending a lot more time together than we normally do. And I find myself thinking, how do I get rid of this guy? So she may be thinking that too. So I think that is possible. I'm much less impressive in person. You're infinitely less impressive in person. That's true. Frankly, you're about as unimpressive in person as anyone I've ever met. As any person. Let's bring Sylvia to this conversation. (laughs) He is Mark Silverman. He is uh, one of the stars, of course, of Waddle and Sylvia on ESPN Radio 1000 in Chicago and has been forever. And he and I have been texting back and forth about Justin Fields and the Bears, and we'll work our way over to that. But, Sylvia, you're hearing a little bit of this uh, conversation. And, again, as, as one who has been around the block and back yourself, I just wonder what your perspective on it all is. Well, as a uh, listener of the show, Greeny, uh, I have learned about Hembo, and I love Hembo. And I cannot think of a person uh, who I know on the radio who knows more about one thing as far as knowledge and research and can give me information like Hembo and knows less about everything (laughs) else in life than Hembo in general, whether it comes about feeding his kids, Mm -hmm. whether it knows about the Beatles in songs, Mm -hmm. or in this case, about bitter food. You never, ever, ever use that term bitter. Like, even if you want to use a description on the food, there are far better ways to describe it, Hembo. But, like, he is just – I find him lovable in a way – that I almost want to adopt them just surely for the knowledge and, and the research. But, but he, like, just he needs to be taught. Just I don't know what happened along the way. And I think the buzzer story from the other day um, on, on the bedwetting was just a truly an indicator on – on letting us all in on what happened um, in his childhood. For for those of you who were not with us on that day, (laughs) Hembo told us that he never attended sleepovers as a child because he had a problem with wetting the bed until he was in his early teens. And, in fact, his mother created a buzzer 
to put in his pajama pants that would wake him up when it became wet. And it's one of the five most disturbing things I've ever heard anyone say in my entire life. Sorry, Sylvie. I think he needs the buzzer now. I think we need a Hembo buzzer in life. Yes. Where when he served something like that and he's about to say, hey, the pasta is bitter, someone needs to buzz him. There it is. Whether That's it's like Bubba a- or you or someone needs to buzz him from making these big, big mistakes in life. It's brilliantly said. So let's, 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 pla- let's practice this. Okay. I want you to tell me, I'm Lizzie. I want you to tell me what you're thinking of this dinner I just cooked. Uh, it was a little bit. <laughs> That's it. And that, that, now you've just gotten the message. And you must change your messaging and let me give you the message. Okay. Your message is the following. Did you make this last week? How did you, well, how was it that you made it last week? It was fantastic. I loved the way you made it last week. If there's two different ways you're doing this, this is really good. But I think that other way, what was that? That was really the, good last week. The problem with that is that it would be dishonest. It's not how I actually <laughs> feel. <laughs> Oh, you are hilarious. Honest. <laughs> when did honesty come into this conversation? Who told you life was about My to be My mother honest? told me not to wear sunglasses and to tell the truth. That's right. Jane Orville, and that's why you're going to lose 70 to nothing in this marriage. I'm telling you that right now. You are, I mean, okay. So anyway, with this, we've taken this bit about as far as it can go, but frankly, I like it. <laughs> Let's dive into the conversation I really want. First of all, Sylvie, welcome back, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And here we go. So the Bears are, are I think, and their quarterback are one of the most interesting storylines of the early NFL season. And obviously what happened Monday night with Aaron Rodgers kind of swallowed up all of the football conversation nationally. But to me, that performance on uh, Sunday uh, in that game against Green Bay was really disturbing because, and, and Sylvie can speak to this much more than I can because you sit there taking phone calls on it all day, every day. But if I were to sort of try and describe what I perceive to be people in Chicago's view of this was that this was the year we were going to take a huge step forward, that Justin Fields, with all of that talent, having now finally put, uh, been in the second uh, year in the same system for the first time in what feels like forever, bringing in the big-time receiver like D.J. Moore, who could be his Stefan Diggs, could be his A.J. Brown, by shoring up the rest of the roster, even if the offensive line isn't the best in the league, it can't be any worse than it was a year ago. And this is the time it's going to look different. And on Sunday, it felt like multiple steps backward and the question is is it still everything around him or is it fields himself that i feel is where we are sylvie pick it up from there and the answer is yes i mean to both it is absolutely that and i'll give you a little background Greeny. so ryan poles had a pretty good off season he's the general manager of the bears we all know about the bears having the number one pick they trade down they get dj Moore, like you just said and they get Darnell Wright, a really good right tackle that everyone seems to love, including Lewis Riddick, who on, on draft day and on our show told us he thinks he's going to be an all-pro in the future. So they build this roster, but the number one way the Bears get better is Justin Fields takes that next step. That's how they go from three wins to eight wins to nine wins to ten wins this year, and they kind of have an Eagles season from a couple of years ago where they get into the postseason and maybe they don't win, but they show you that the future is bright. And I walk in, and I'm, I'm hosting right now the Bears pregame show, and I'm doing the halftime show. We have the Bears now on ESPN 1000. 
I'm covering more practices than I ever have since I was covering the Bears as a reporter when I started out at ESPN 1,025 years ago. I walk into practice on that first minicamp, and I say, hmm, it doesn't look right. Hmm. But it's one minicamp practice. I walk in on day one of training camp, and I say, hmm, Justin's not looking right. Two practices, four practices. It's not looking right, Greeny, in 11-on-11 drills. And, And the pushback is immense from the fans because everyone wants him to be great. And then this game happens. And everyone still wants to say Eberflus sucks, Getsy stinks, the Bears' offensive line stinks. And it's all true. The Bears weren't prepared to play in this game. Nate Davis, the guy they signed from the Titans, was really bad and he wasn't ready to play. But the bottom line was is Justin wasn't good. Justin had open receivers, including D.J. Moore, where he didn't throw the football. Justin Fields hit second and goal from the four-yard line on a really bad play design, but he rolled out, and instead of throwing the ball away and making it third and four from the goal, he elected to take a sack, and now it's third and goal from the 11. That's a play Justin Fields makes when he's a rookie, not in his third year. There are plays here that Hembo brought up again. Hembo really bad when it comes to decision-making in life, really good when it comes to looking at the film. There are plays that Justin Fields simply is not making that he needs to be making if the Bears are going to be good. Orlovsky said very similar things today. Not, not in, he wasn't as critical of Fields as some others have been, but he was saying he needs to trust what he sees and let it go. That the definition of open in the NFL is very different from the definition of open in college. That he's used to, and when you're at Ohio State and your receivers are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, that you're used to seeing them so open that maybe in your mind you think that's what open looks like. In the NFL, you get rid of the ball before anyone is that open. You throw them that open. You trust what you see. You trust what you've been taught. You You trust the scheme and the design of the play, and you let it go. And that seems to be what he's not doing. So, Hembo, you have these numbers that talk about whether the offensive line is the greatest of all time or not, he's holding the ball too long. He's holding the ball too long. I'm going to give you two stats, which, should not be, which, you, which we should not be able to square based upon the fact that they're opposite. So Justin Field, just in week one, we'll just do week one for now. His average pass traveled 4.1 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. That's it. It was the third shortest average of any quarterback that played in week one. And yet at the same time, His average snap-to-throw time was nearly three seconds, which, by the standards of that metric, is an absolute eternity. It's 20% longer than the average across the league. So what that means is that Justin Fields is a half second behind everyone else. And you can see it on the film. That's why his offensive line looks awful. That's why we've blamed his weapons for so many years. The bottom line of it is he's playing a half second late. And by quarterback standards, that's an eternity. And if he can't speed up his processing, he will never be an adequate NFL quarterback. What do you think, Sylvie? Well, it's very true. And, and like, the shame of it is, and a lot of people love to look at the play caller, and there is some uh, truth in it. And and this doesn't mean, Greeny and Hembo, that Justin Fields can't turn it around. I'm not out on Justin Fields. I want to make that clear. But I am questioning for the first time that the Bears may, at the end of the year, use their two first-round picks to move up on the draft and get another quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a strong possibility if he doesn't clean this up. 
But I'm still in on him. I'm just questioning for the first time if he truly is the answer. But DJ Moore was was acquired, and we've mentioned this a couple of times, to be their Stephon Diggs, to be their A.J. Brown. You cannot target him twice. And there were many times on the All-22, the coaches tape, you could watch all these great uh, former quarterbacks who dissect these films where he is open, where he's got to plant that back foot and he's got to throw it and he's got to trust it and he's got to find D.J. Moore. And he did that in training camp because he trusts D.J. Moore and he built up a chemistry and he did not do that. And he did it in back-to-back plays, guys, and he didn't do it before those two plays and he didn't do it after those two plays. Jordan Love, who is starting basically his first game in the new regime with the Green Bay Packers, came in and threw three touchdown passes. He cannot look better than Justin Fields starting year three for the Chicago Bears on the lakefront. Greeny with you here live at the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, uh, Sylvie with us, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 every afternoon forever and and, uh, really have as good a finger on the pulse of the fan base, of, of the, the enormous fan base of the Chicago Bears, as anybody I know. So a, a final thought from you here, Sylvie. What is your expectation? Yes, they have two first-round picks next year. Yes, there feels as though there is a franchise quarterback times 10 who will be available in next year's draft in the kid Caleb Williams out of USC, and there are others that people will like. But there are every single year. Once upon a time, Justin Fields was that. So first guess this for me. Do you believe that by the time we get to midseason, this conversation will have gone away, or will it be louder than ever? It will be louder than ever. I've got to trust my eyes, Greeny. I mean, I cannot, I cannot stick my head in the sand on this one. Um, it was, it was, it, 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 it's reminding me a lot of Mitch and and Mitch by I, Mitch. I'm saying Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. This kid is ultra talented in Justin Fields. He's way more talented than Mitch Trubisky. Um, and he overcame a lot. Remember, he went through a lot of adversity in college. He went to Georgia originally. He transferred, went to Ohio State. So just when you thought, okay, what's he going to be? He was a star at Ohio State. Thought the same thing was going to happen after the rough start with Nagy. He got a new coach, in, a, a new coach here in Matt Eberflus. But I'm worried. I really am. He's got all the measurables. He can throw it. He's a great leader. He's a hard worker. He's a fantastic athlete. He can run the ball. I don't know if he processes the information quickly, and that was Mitch's problem. Now, look, a a half a second, as Hembo pointed out, is an eternity on a football field. It may not sound like much in real life, but out there it is. All right, my friend, always a pleasure to catch up. Be well. Give everybody my best. I'll see you soon. Think good about you and your family during this tough time, Greeny. Take <laughs> Listen, care. I appreciate if you will respect my privacy uh, during this very challenging time. Thank you, Sylvia. You know, it's amazing. P- people are legitimately reacting to me that way. I have people walking up to me on the street and expressing their condolences. I mean, I knew that I, I was invested in this, but I didn't know everyone else knew how invested I was in this. It's unbelievable. People are are honestly treating me as though there was a death in my family. I'm not surprised. The only question I have is how do I use that to my advantage? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I take advantage of that somehow? That sympathy? I'm a big fan of sympathy. You know, when, when when you are perceived to be a successful person, people almost never have sympathy for you. Like, sympathy is a very underrated uh, emotion to evoke. Like, when people feel sorry for you, they want to do nice things for you. They want to be nice to you. They want to take it easy on you if you do something or say something wrong. That's kind of a nice quality. Don't Mm -hmm. you think? I do. Uh, I would feel like that would be an awfully nefarious thing for you to do. 
Yeah. Yeah, don't confuse sympathy with pity either. What, what point are you trying to make? That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think people pity me, Cam, but I think they, they have sympathy, and I think sympathy is nice. Don't you agree? I agree, but I think people also feel bad for you in like a, oh, poor Jets fan kind of way. That's you what know? I mean. That's kind of pity. Well, that's sympathy. Well, so one man's pity is another man's sympathy. We are now that's splitting true. hairs. Either between- way, in lieu of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In lieu of flowers, here's this fruit basket that I have got for you here because the fruit basket makes a lovely gift. Coming up, Hembo has one more Justin Fields stat that you absolutely have to hear to believe that and more after this. This is Greenie on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Week two of the NFL schedule kicks off tonight. And we have made our KOD picks. All of us, meaning me, Hembo, and Cam, who are both big Eagles fans, believe the Eagles are going to bounce back in a huge way and blow out Minnesota tonight. So, of course, the KOD pick has to be Vikings plus the six. Because if all of us are so certain of it, particularly me. If every instinct you have is wrong then the opposite would have to be right. Uh, So the KOD pick tonight is most certainly Vikings plus the six. A reminder that I'm on all the social medias, if you will, at ESPN Greeny, and they've blown up in the wake of this Roger stuff. So on Twitter, on Instagram, and on threads, at ESPN Greeny. That said, Hembo, you promised me one more Justin Fields stat. Go. So Bill Parcells famously created these quarterback commandments, one of which reads, throwing the ball away is a good play. Sacks, interceptions, and fumbles are bad plays. Protect against those. Right. So here's what I've done. I've combined all three. In my special little spreadsheet database thing over here, I've created a database in which I've looked at every single quarterback and how many of those three things combined they have created over the last three years. When you say those three things, you don't mean thrown away. You're talking about sacks? Sacks plus interceptions plus fumbles. Okay. To to effectively get who has done the thing that Bill Parcells hates the most, the most times. Okay. Okay. So since 2021, over the last three years, Justin Fields has 146 of those. Well, so let's, let's just call them bad quarterback plays. Bad quarterback plays. Just so we have plays. something to simply to describe them as. Did you say 121? 146. 146. Sorry, I don't know why I didn't hear that. 146. That is, since he came into the league. That's, yeah, that's two years plus one game. Got it. By a mile. The most for any quarterback in the NFL. And let's remember... He only started 10 games as a rookie. He missed two games last year. In other words, by an order of magnitude, Justin Fields is creating more negative plays than any quarterback in the NFL. We talk a lot about the importance of creating explosive plays. We don't talk nearly enough about avoiding negative ones. What is Justin the next Fields highest number? makes more bad plays than any quarterback in the league. Who's next? Like, Did you do other quarterbacks? Yes, of course. Joe, uh, Joe Burrow is next at 131, which is 15 fewer, and in five more games. And, and, and it should be pointed out... 
a lot of those with Burrow are probably sacks, right? Didn't he get sacked like 70-something yes. times? there's a disproportionate number of sacks for sure. So some of that. Now, how much of that is his offensive line? How much of that is him still also trying to make the hero play? We can talk about it. It seems to me sacks are bad. Turnovers are way worse. Yes. You'd much rather have your quarterback get sacked than turn the ball but- over. Sacks effectively kill drives. They serve the same purpose, to be honest with you. So this is just one way of illustrating that Justin Fields is not getting it. You know, Justin Fields is not even that close. That half-second processing, which we've talked about a lot, manifests in a lot of ways. It manifests in, obviously, not being able to create explosive plays in the passing game and not throwing the ball to the right place at the right time. But when you're you're playing that behind, when you're playing against world-class athletes, it, 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 what it means is that you're taking so many negative plays, which in effect kill drives. So, so he played 10 games as a rookie. He played 15 games last year and one more. Is that right? Is yep. that, is that, am I doing mm-hmm. the math on that? So that's 26. So you said 146. 146. Divided by 26. would mean he's got an average of about five and a half of those plays per game. Think about that. Like, there are four quarters. More than once a quarter, Justin Fields is making a potentially crippling mistake. A drive-killing mistake. If you watch the first half of that game, like those plays were littered across the field. Like you just can't play quarterback in the NFL with that kind of decision making. I saw this happen in 2020 with Carson Wentz. I told you after week one that he was broken, and that's because everything was happening on the field faster than he could process it. That is the version of Justin Fields that we are watching, and it manifests in the numbers and on the film. Okay, fair enough. I, I buy it. I buy what you're saying, and I I actually think you're right. I'm starting to come around to that way of thinking. Okay, my screen has gone haywire on me here, so I wanted to do one more thing, and it's something I just want you to know. Can you hit that one for me, fellas? Hit just the the, the just want you to know sound effect. Please. We're we're looking. You're looking. What do you mean you're looking? We don't have have it memorized. It's it's on the bottom. It's on the bottom left. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Remind me how many halls of fame you're in. We really need to get better at this. No, they changed my screen. Look. Look at my screen. My screen is, this is not what it's supposed to look like. My array has changed. Oh, there's always a grand conspiracy to change your screen. If you're interested in hearing eight minutes and 48 seconds of Josh Weinfuss, who is ESPN's (laughs) NFL Cardinals reporter, I have that on my screen. I have 18 seconds of Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN (laughs) NFL front office insider. Let's hear what he says. The Dallas Cowboys cannot win the NFC East this year without Zach... Martin. It's a good point. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Well said, Tannenbaum. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. So you're blaming me for that? That was what was at my disposal. Okay? I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. That was all coaching. That was not the player's problem. Every now and then, I'm the first to tell you when I screw something up. There is vodka in vodka sauce. I had that wrong yesterday. But I'm right about this There's one. so much vodka in that sauce. Okay. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Here we go. I found a story that I love more than anything else. Because if there's anything I believe strongly in, it is holding a grudge. I come from a long line of people who hold a grudge. And you know what I mean by that. I come from a line of people who if you, do, if you wrong us, it never goes away. And it comes up and sometimes in unexpected places and ways, all kinds of subtlety or sometimes not so subtle, passive aggressiveness and anything else. Bubba found the following story. In Men's Journal, there was a man in Belgium, a Belgian man. He and his friends, he felt, had grown apart. He was not happy with the way his friends were treating him. He was 45 years old, and he says he felt unappreciated. 
And so as a consequence, do you know what he did? He faked his own death and had a funeral. They held a funeral for this guy. Among the things that came in were tributes from his daughter. She paid a fake tribute to him on social media that said, Rest in peace, Daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Why is life so unfair? You were going to be a grandfather. You still had your whole life ahead of you. I love you. We love you. We will never forget you. But it was fake! He did this to teach his friends a lesson. He felt they were not treating him right, so he faked his own death. And then, when they all showed up at the funeral... As the funeral goers awaited his casket, he came down from the sky in a helicopter in a scene that was captured in a TikTok video. (laughs) The story says, for the most part, friends and family seemed relieved that he was still alive. Many of them rushed over to embrace him. He explained, quote, what I see in my family often hurts me. I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. I felt unappreciated. That's why I wanted to give them a life lesson and show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. You know what I say? Bravo! Well done! That is a person who gets it. Lesson learned. If your friends are mistreating you, if your family is not doing right by you, if you're wearing sunglasses when you're being talked to, it's genius. Genius. Man is my hero. We'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.